Father, in the name of Jesus, you are a way maker. You are a director in life. This morning, Father, speak your word to us. Let your word, O oh God, sink into our spirits. Back your word with fire, O oh Lord. Let it burn every shaft in our bodies. Every shaft in our mind. Anything that denies us from living the Christ-like life. As your word comes forth, let it come with a sword. Lord, let it renew everything that denies us and deprives us, O oh God, of living that Christ-like life. As your word comes forth, give us the grace to be heaven-minded. Give us the grace to be eternity conscious. Give us the grace to make it, O oh God, to that promised land. In the mighty name of Jesus. As your way comes forth, oh God, comfort our hearts. As your way comes forth, oh God, strengthen our inner man. As your way comes forth, oh God, increase our faith. In the name of Jesus, speak your mind to us. Speak your heart to us. Let every one of us, oh God, leave this place assured. Let us, every one of us leave this place knowing that definitely we'll make it to heaven. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus' glorious name, pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. This morning, I'm preaching on a message entitled, Jesus is coming soon again. You know, sometimes, we all know that Jesus is coming soon, right? Everyone knows. But sometimes the bustle and hustle of life, the business of life gets us to forget of his second coming. But it is imperative for us to remember that he is coming. It is very, very important for every one of us to be mindful and always remember that Jesus can come at any time. His coming is not a myth. His coming is not old folk story. His coming is a reality. Hallelujah. Jesus' coming is, is going to happen live. It is the truth. But the question is, how prepared are we for his second coming? Jesus Christ is coming soon. Sometimes, when you tell an unbeliever that Jesus Christ is coming soon, you say, how soon? I remember when I was growing up, there was a little boy in our house who feared my mother. My mother was very, very strict. And any time you tell this boy, Auntie Grace, whatever that he's doing, he will stop. And then it was going on and on and on and on. And then one day he was, was misbehaving, and mother told him that, Auntie Grace, also the girl umbra Because he's been yelling and yelling and yelling. Any time they say Auntie Grace is coming, Auntie Grace doesn't come. So, sometimes that's how the kind of mentality we have that eh, we've been hearing and hearing Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But whether we like it or not, Jesus is coming. Yes. Hallelujah. There's one thing we need to be mindful of that Jesus Christ's first coming, he came for the purpose of offering himself willingly as a lamp of sacrifice for the atonement of sins. And to reconcile us back to God. 
But the interesting thing is that Jesus' second coming, he's not coming to die again for us. Let me have Romans 6 verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he gives, he gives to God. Jesus Christ died once and for all. He died for you and for me. To reconcile us back to God. To give us the grace to repent from our sins. One thing I need us all to understand is that we must not abuse our salvation. Because Jesus Christ will not die again on the cross for you and I. He died only one time. If we abuse that chance he has given to us to repent, we will not have a second time. Because there's a purpose for a second time. His second time is not to come and die for our sins. Hallelujah. The salvation we have today, we must guard it. We must appreciate the blood that was shed on Calvary for our sins. Hallelujah. Acts 1 verse 11. It says, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus Christ did not disappear. He was right in front of the people, his disciples. And as he spoke to them, he began to ascend into the clouds. And Bible says that the same way they saw him go up, lifted up into the clouds, is the same way he's going to come back. It is not a myth. Don't let anybody deceive you that Jesus Christ will never come. He's coming again. Hallelujah. Right at the same spot that he was taken away, this word of prophecy was given. The New Testament believers used to greet themselves the certain kind of greeting. When they saw themselves, they greeted themselves Maranatha. And Maranatha simply means our Lord cometh or Jesus is coming. Our Lord is coming. One may ask, why were they greeting themselves with this kind of greeting? It was to comfort themselves because when Jesus Christ was crucified, they were sad. When he was departing, they were sad. So it was number one, to comfort themselves that Jesus is coming back. And the constant greeting on daily basis was to remind them that he's coming back again. Because now we don't greet like that, we forget. Sometimes we forget. It was to assure them that what was said at the same spot he departed, he's coming back again. Our Lord is coming back again. Tell the next person, Maranatha. Our Lord is coming back again. Hallelujah. And the third reason was that the reminder was to guide them in their walk in life. The third greeting, the third reason for that greeting was to remind them that mind the way you live your life. Question one may ask is that why did Jesus Christ depart the earth for the first place? Why did he depart the earth in the first place? Let us all understand that Jesus Christ came from a place. The earth was not his home. He came from a kingdom. He came from a place onto the earth. 
So the earth was not his dwelling place. Hallelujah. And then Bible says that Jesus came from a place called heaven. Oh my God. In the place called heaven, Bible says that the city is made of gold. The streets is made of gold. The water, the rivers, and the seas are crystal. You can see the fish and everything inside. It is a place that exists. It is a place that you and I must desire to be. Heaven where Jesus Christ lives is a place of no sorrow. In heaven, people don't cry in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness and disease in heaven. In heaven, there's no mourning in heaven. In heaven, there's no hardship in heaven. Listen, your desire on earth is to make sure you make it to that promised land. Don't allow anyone to deceive you that heaven is not real. Heaven, where Jesus Christ dwells with the Father and the angels, it is real. And hell is real. Hallelujah, somebody. Whatever challenge you're going through on earth today, when you get to heaven, you don't go through any challenge. Bible says it's a place of eternal joy, a place of laughter, a place of worship, a place of thanksgiving. In heaven, they worship God continuously. There's always joy. It's not like the earth that we are in. Today this, tomorrow this, and challenges. I see you making it to heaven in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ went to this place where he came from. Let me have John 14 verses 1 to 3. Heaven is a place of rest. Oh my God. It is a place meant for the righteous. Where Jesus dwells, meant for the righteous. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If we had not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus Christ left in the first place to go back to his home. To his kingdom to prepare a place for you and me. Understand this. You have a place in heaven prepared for you. Maybe on earth you don't have a house. But there is a house in heaven for you. But it is not a surety. It is a life that you live on earth. That will determine if you make it to your home. It's, I am going to prepare a place for you. So, and I'll come back and take you to that place where I've prepared for you. That is the reason why he left in the first place. He left to give way to the Holy Spirit to come and help us to live right. John 16 verse 7 to 18. He left the scene to give opportunity to the Holy Spirit to come and be our helper. He can't constantly be with us. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So Jesus Christ left to give way to the word, to the Holy Spirit to come on the scene. The third reason why Jesus Christ left the earth is to be at the right hand of God and continuously intercede for you and me. While on earth, 
Jesus Christ was always interceding for the saints. Let me have John 17 verse 1 to 5. And then Romans 8, 34. He was always interceding. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should live eternal life to as many as you have given him. Verse 3. And this eternal life that they may know, they may know you, the only true God, the Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me to do. Verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I have, I, which I had with you before the world was. Jesus Christ was praying on earth. Even whilst on earth, he was interceding for us. Because he was man. He became man. So he understands our infirmities. He understands our weaknesses. So right in heaven, he is always doing what? Interceding for us. Romans 8 verse 34 says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, he is risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus Christ is always, always, always interceding for us. One time, I was at work. It was around lunchtime. And I was, was, was doing our 21 days fasting somewhere by a year or two years ago. So I one lunch, I went to the kitchen to just rest there and I was praying. And I think, I don't know what I slept because I was not asleep. But all I saw was as if I was in a place. And all I heard was, I heard a voice say, the sound the trumpets. Sound the trumpets. And I saw, I heard another voice that was a little lower than the voice that came earlier. and said, no, wait, no, wait. No, wait. That was all. No, wait. And I just woke up again. And I asked, so who said sound the trumpet? And who said, no, wait. There's a reason why the earth has not come to an end. Sometimes we ask that why is so much wickedness going on? And where is God? But listen to this. Jesus Christ is by the right sign of God interceding. He wants many to be saved. He wants many to repent. He's always praying and asking God, please have mercy. Please have mercy. Because if you sound the trumpet today, many in the church will not make it to heaven. I have prayed so many places for them. He knows the place he has created and made ready. So he's telling God, please wait. That is why the earth has not come to an end. Because God cannot watch what is going on in the world today. So much wickedness. But Christ wants you and I to be saved. We must make it to heaven. That is why the world has not come to an end. It's not because there's no God. It's not because the end would not come. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Why is Jesus coming back again? Is he coming to save us from our sins? No. There is a purpose for his second coming. Number one. He is coming again to fulfill his own promise. John 14, verse 2 to 3. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That's where I am. 
there you may be also. Jesus Christ on so many occasions made this prophecy time and time and time again. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Understand this. God is not a liar. He does not say something and go back his own words. One thing that makes God God is whatever he says is yea and amen. Whatever God says will come to pass. Whatever God says is a sure word of promise. That is what makes God God. God never lies. So God cannot say that I will bless you and not bless you. God said that his son will come. Jesus came. And if he says he will come again, he will come again. So Jesus Christ's second coming is to fulfill the promises that he made to us. Hallelujah. You know what? It contradicts the scriptures. If Jesus Christ has not come again, it makes God a liar. If Jesus Christ does not come again. One thing that God would never do is to lie. In Numbers 23 verse 19. He said one thing God would never do is to lie. Numbers 23 verse 19. Let me have that verse please. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of, of man that he should repent. Has he said and will not do? Or has he spoken and will not make it good? Whatever that's... Let me share a testimony. I should share this testimony. It escaped me. If you remember some couple of months or a year ago, I said that there was a lady who called me from London, Daddy. And the lady was so sad, about 45 years, and was crying about her marriage, that I haven't spoken on the phone with her for about 40 minutes. Try because she was suicidal. She celebrated her 40th birthday, and then somebody came to give her a gift, and then she was calling the person to say thank you. And then when she called the person, the person, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And then they went all the pleasantries. But the person did not cut the line. And she was still on the phone. And the person began to insult her. 40 years, what do you 40, 40 years, 42 years, or 44 years now? Then now, what do you have? You're not even married. You don't even have anything. And the girl was weeping. But I just kept on assuring her that God never disappoints. God never lies. And said, Pastor, yes, but that bend. I've worshipped God all these years. I'm saying this on something. I've said God all these years. When would this happen? All my friends are married. Their kids are old. I'm still, I don't even have a job. I'm in London. I'm living on benevolence of people. I don't even have a job. I don't have anything. Sometimes I'll ask God, bless this girl. Bless her. Sometimes she go to church and go and minister in church. And they will say that, and so I then I'll walk. But to the glory of God, yesterday this girl was wedded. 45 years. Listen to this. Whatever God says that he will do, he will do it. If he says that Jesus Christ is coming back, he will come back. And he will come back. The question is, are we ready for his second coming? How prepared are we? Hallelujah. Number two, he's coming again to fulfill Bible prophecies. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Bible prophesied in so many ways that Jesus Christ was coming back. 
So many revelations of his second coming. So his second coming is to fulfill what God said in his word. Let me have James 5, 7 to 9 and Revelations 19, 11 to 16. I asked somebody at the executive class that I was teaching about um, salvation and I was telling the person that Jesus Christ should come today right now as we talk right now. Will he make it to heaven? Hmm, Pastor Esba. Hmm, I don't know. If you know the kind of life you are living, you should know. He says he's coming again to fulfill scripture. To fulfill prophecies that has been given in the word of God. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth. Waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Verse 8. So also be patient. Establish your hearts for the second coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Revelations 19 verse 11 to 16, please. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. Verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. Look at this. The name of what? His name was called called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. This is a revelation that they saw. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself would rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And on his robe and on his tire, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Tell somebody, Jesus is coming again. He's coming to fulfill scripture. The third reason why he's coming again is he's coming to complete the work of our redemption bodies. Romans 8 verse 22 to 23 and Philippians 3 verse 20. He's coming again to complete the work of our redemption bodies. For we know that the whole creation grounds and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves ground within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Hallelujah. Our salvation will be complete when Jesus appears. Our salvation will be complete when we disappear from the earth and go to the place of promise that God has promised us. It, it ends it all. Listen to this. Don't let your coming to church, your fasting, your tithing, your sacrificing, the legends of life and the pleasures of life be in vain. Because what will end out all that we're going through today is to make it, to see our master appear and go to the place that he promised us. Hallelujah, somebody. Let me have Philippians 3 verse 20. 
Jesus Christ coming to redeem us for our current sufferings and, and hardships in this world. To a place of promise. For our citizenship is in heaven. Hey. Amen. So you're not a Ghanaian, you're not a Nigerian. No. You are having in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. We are eagerly waiting for him to come and redeem us. What he said that he would do, he has to bring it to completion. Tell the person sitting next to you, make sure that I see you in heaven. Hallelujah. This must be on our hearts and in our minds. Amen. Why is Jesus Christ coming again? He's coming to reward the righteous and take them home to heaven. He's coming to reward the righteous and take them home. Let me have Revelation 22 verse 12. Are you being blessed this morning? Hallelujah. It says, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus Christ says, I am coming quickly to give to everyone according to his works. The life we live on earth matters a lot. Because Jesus Christ's second coming is to take us to the place of promise. The life that you live on earth determines where you spend eternity. Whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. At Jesus' second coming, Bible records that because of time, I cannot read all the verses. The Bible records that even those who are dead in Christ be raised again. And those who are living, who are still alive, will be living on the time that he comes, will join and they will all ascend into heaven. Hey, we'll all fly into the sky like that and meet him. And he will take us all as one people to heaven. And we all get together. What a thing. Rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus. We will sing and shout a victory. Let's sing it again. Oh, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus and shout a victory. Listen, those who are dead in Christ, maybe your family, your friends, somebody who is close to you, who died in Christ, if you live right, you will see them again. You will see them again. It is not a myth. It's not something that to excite you. Just to. It is the truth. Jesus Christ come and take out the righteous from the earth. He's coming again to take out the righteous from the earth to the place of promise. But listen to this. It is not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will make it to the kingdom of heaven. It is not those who say to me, Lord, Lord. Because when you go to church a Sunday morning like this, the place is but only a few will make it it can happen right now as I talk to you right now 
He is coming to take those who are living the Christ-like life. Those he sees his reflection inside. What kind of life are we living on earth? Jesus Christ will come today. Where will he find you? Hallelujah. Some of us know where we spent last night. It was home war. You know where you were. You know what we are doing. We thank God he didn't come yesterday. Hallelujah. You must make it to heaven. We must get there. Say, I will make it. So help me God. Hallelujah, somebody. He is coming to execute judgment on those who have rejected the gospel. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 7 to 10. And to give to you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Let's roll. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you are believed. Jesus Christ is coming again to execute judgment. Those who don't know God. Those who have refused the word of God of having its way in their lives. There's the reason why you must not stop telling your friends, your family, that they must be saved. Because how will you feel when you are taken to the land of promise and you're looking for your husband and your husband is not there? You're looking for your wife. Your wife is in hell. You're looking for your mother. Your mother is in hell. How would you feel? Listen to this. When God, Jesus Christ comes and takes us from the earth to the promised land, do you know what's going to happen? There's going to be what they call great tribulation on earth. The, the trouble and the wickedness on earth is going to double and double and increase and increase and increase. There will be more hardships than it has ever been. That is when the 666, the mark of the beast, the mark of the devil will be given to his. Those he called have sold their soul to the devil. Listen, what is going to happen after Christ comes is not something you must even desire to, ex- to even see or experience. Hallelujah. There's going to be wickedness on the earth. Wickedness. All I want us to know is that there's going to be much suffering. That's not going to be even the judgment day. He comes to take us. He takes the righteous out for the next phase of what is going to happen to happen. Listen, you must make it to heaven. Some will be saved. Some, even some will be saved during that, that great tribulation period. But it's not going to be easy. Going to church will not be an easy thing for you. Hallelujah. You must make sure that you leave the earth with Jesus when it comes the first time. Save yourself all the sorrows. Hallelujah. One may ask, when is Jesus Christ coming? When is he coming? Mark 13, verse 32 to 37. And I also have First Thessalonians 5, 2 to 6. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, 
watch and pray. For you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to keep to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the roaster or in the, in the morning, let's roll, let's come and suddenly he finds you sleeping. Verse 37. And watch, I say to you, I say to all, watch. Watch. Jesus Christ himself does not know when. Only God knows. Let me have the other verse. First Thessalonians 5, 2 to 6. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Hallelujah. It comes like a thief in the night. It's like a a woman who is pregnant. Who does not know when she's going to have her baby, but she's pregnant. When you're in your ninth month, it can happen at any time. The doctor just projects that it can come two weeks before or two weeks after. But as to when, nobody knows. Yesterday, I was watching a, a documentary and there was a lady who was actually going to the hospital on the pavement. She, she went into labor and then she delivered right on the pavement, right there on the floor. No one knows when he's coming. So he said we should watch. She says, God does not know when, but he gave us signs. He gave us what? Signs. Signs that tell that the coming is near. That's what I'm going to share with you briefly. Signs of his coming. Or signs that shows that his coming is near. Matthew 16, verse 1 to 3. And then Matthew 24, 3 to 8. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it is fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, it will be foul weather today. For the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky. But you cannot discern the signs of the times. Let me have the other verse too. Matthew 24, 3-8. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. These are all the signs. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. The first sign I want you to note is the political signs. The political signs. Political signs refers to the wars, rumors of wars, conflicts here and there, confusion here and there. Luke 21 verse 9 to 10. And when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. 
Then he said to them, nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. This is the reason why you, we always have to listen to news, especially CNN and Al Jazeera and know what's going on. Because sometimes when you hear of wars, you tell you, remind you on daily basis that the time is coming. Hallelujah. There are wars in Iraq. There are wars in Somalia. There are wars everywhere. It tells us that the times, it's not just a little confusion here and there, but it is something that is scriptural. It gives us a sign. When you are pregnant and they tell you that your water breaks, it means that, it means that the time is near. It can happen at any time. So it's it giving us the time, the signs to, to watch out for. But as to when, he doesn't know. Wars happening everywhere. It's a sign that the time is near. Number two, natural signs. Luke 21, 11 to 12. And there'll be great earthquakes in various places. And famines and pestilence. And there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Verse 12. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you. Let me say this one. Listen to this. When we hear of famine, it means hunger. There are famines everywhere. Hunger everywhere. Ethiopia, you go to the interlands of Ethiopia. There's hunger. There's hunger. It's a sign of the time. When you hear of, of what do you call it? Um, uh, earthquakes. Tsunamis. All over. There are all signs. Talks about what? Pestilence. Pestilence means epidemics. Recently we had Ebola. It's AIDS. It's HIV. All kinds of sickness. That has not have medications. It's all signs of the time. Hallelujah somebody. It's not because it's nothing, oh, just an outbreak in somebody. No, it's a sign. Just, we should shine. It says, we should watch. Shine your eye. The end is near. Don't be ignorant. It is only a fool who sees the signs and ignores the signs. Because when you see the sign, it must guide your walking life. Hallelujah, somebody. And then we have social signs. Second Timothy 3 verse 1 to 5. There's so much lawlessness in our world today. So much lawlessness. Sometimes I wonder either those who are in the psychiatric hospital are better off than our young ladies and young men who are in town today. Because sometimes even the mad people in the psychiatry don't even behave like that. I saw a mad person yesterday who was sitting quietly. And I said... Just a very decent madman. Because the young ladies we have today, they are more crazy than those who are crazy. Hallelujah. I saw somebody wearing jeans. And the jeans, he's naked. How can he be in jeans and be naked? Because it's all dead. And you see his buttocks. Some of them, the jeans, they, 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 they leave the, the cuts here and the cuts here. So you see the buttocks. And the, even a madman does not dress like that. Now madness and sin have become fashion. Wrong is now right. But know that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. On love and unforgiveness, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despised of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. 
having all form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Turn away. Don't follow the world or the fashion in it. Or you will sink in it. Jesus is coming again. You go on and follow fashion. Show your things. And that's what's on. And hype it up. See where we land. How can a man sleep with a man and become acceptable? It's sickness. Even a dog does not sleep with a male dog. Even a male dog does not sleep with a male dog. So it means that a man who sleeps with a fellow man is not, is not an animal. It's beyond an animal. A woman who sleeps with a fellow woman is not a human being. You are beyond an animal. You are not a human. You are not normal. You are sick. It is not acceptable. If you have a friend who is a lesbian, if you have a friend who is a homosexual, listen, go and discontinue friendship with them or they will lead you into sin. God damn it. I went to a shop to go and do my hair in Osu. And a man walks in. A man. I mean, strong man. And he's wearing nails. <laughs> Let me see. And then he's wearing jeans string. A man. And then he sat down. The guy was in my house. telling me, ah, cookie, cover yourself. Oh, let me show my things. Huh? Bema. <laughs> and he's coming to do his hair. Listen. We, I looked at him. And I saw Jezebel. I saw the devil right in front of me. And I was just praying for him. God save this guy. The world is coming to an end. I prepared are you. So much sin in the world today. Hallelujah. May Lord save us. May Lord save our children from this dark world. Jesus name. is the sign of the end times. I watched on TV and I saw people saying that they worship the devil. And they say, I saw, and they, they come out and I, I am going to hell. Hell is sweet. In America, they are crazy. And they show it on TV. But one time God told me, you will see more bad things on TV than you've ever seen. Things that were hidden now will come out in the light. And he told me a couple of years ago and it's coming out. Satan has a church in America. Satan church. You think that time is not up? Don't be deceived by sin. You want to make it to heaven. But you think you have time. You don't have time. You don't have time. Don't end there and then say that, Oh Lord, I wish. I wish. But let me tell you something. The mercy of God ceases after death. After death, no amount of prayer and fasting can save you. Death can come at any time. That's a fact. But after death, there's judgment. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Let us not be deceived. I speak to myself as well. Last Sunday said that we should mind the sins we do in secret. The things you do that nobody sees. In heaven there's a book. A big book. A register. Where every day all the things you are doing, they are recorded. Nobody saw you, but the angels saw it. Record them. And they are writing them down. They are writing them. Until you save, the only thing that can rob all your sins is the blood of Jesus. Only the blood. 
And it's not just receiving Jesus Christ, but making the consciousness to live for him. That is how you make it to the place that he has prepared for you. I can imagine on that day that we will get to heaven and some house will be empty. Because those houses, the people could not make it there. So the houses will be empty. But minus you in Jesus' name. Your house in heaven will not be empty in Jesus' name. You will be in your mansion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And lastly, there are religious signs. That potency. That potency means the abandonment of religious beliefs. Matthew 24 verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Listen, there are so many churches now. And there are so many fake churches now. If you know the things that are done in secret, you are mindful of where you go and worship. Sometimes they will stand there and preach. And you hear the preaching is vague. It has no power. They preach preachings of demons. And now we love to hear the things that excite us. Prosperity messages. We put our hope in handkerchiefs and creams. In water. And all kinds of things. Are they in the Bible? People put stickers on their backs. I, I sell tickets so I know what I'm talking about. The Mongola women. I don't know whether the sticker protects their money. Or I don't know. Sometimes, hey. And... They only go to church when they are traveling. Hallelujah. Is Christ all about money? Is Christ all about prosperity? Is Christ all about jobs? Childbirth? Is Christ all about traveling abroad? Why are you being deceived with things that are rightfully yours in Christ? We are in the end times. There are many false prophets who are, even those who are very spirits, the traditional, they, have, they are all in suit and tie. They are preaching. They all have churches. Somebody will open a church and with a twinkle of an eye, he has thousands and thousands of people. What kind of power is he using? And the thing is that those in the church, they are so shallow. They don't even know the word of God. They don't read their Bibles. But thank God you are in a church that teaches you the way to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Don't be deceived during the end times. So many things are happening. I heard something of a, a man of God, a very prominent man of God, and the, the kind of things I heard, you wonder, can this be told of this real man of God? Things are happening. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Please, don't join those who, who, don't, who don't practice their faith. Who don't read their Bibles. Who chase after signs and wonders, after prophecies. Don't be among them. In this church, we are a Bible-believing church. We preach the word of God. Nothing else. The heart of God. Don't be deceived in the end times. Don't be deceived. Sometimes my heart weeps. Because these people think they are in the right church. But they sold their soul to the devil. My water gives power to them. There are those who go to midnight and go and wash at the sea. Those who are married to, to marine spirits. They want the signs. Watch them. They start bleaching their body and they do the jayakoya hair, whatever they call it. 
Watch it. Read the word of God for yourself. For you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you know the word of God and the man of God is fake and is preaching to you, you will test their spirits. And by their fruit you shall know them. Glory to God. How ready are we for Jesus' second coming? How ready are you and me? How ready are we? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Always pray. Always pray. Let me tell you something. How to be ready for the second coming. Philippians 2 verse 12. Before I read that verse, the Bible records that in, in the Bible that there were ten virgins, five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. They were all waiting for their bridegroom. The Bible says that at midnight, when the, the bridegroom came, the five foolish virgins were not there because their lamps went out. And they had to go and look for lamps outside. By the time they came back, the bridegroom was gone. They went behind the door and they were knocking. The door could not be opened again. Are you among the five foolish virgins or the five wise virgins? The five wise virgins, they were ready. They had extra oil for their lamps. They knew that the master is coming. But so when it's coming, I don't know, but I am ready just in case my lamp goes off. How ready are you? If we have to be ready for him, we have to be ready mentally, physically, in every way. Watch the life you are living today. Watch the sins that you love. Watch the things that you enjoy doing that you think you cannot do without. Because those things will not take you anywhere. Whatever that is not right, please stop it. Philippians 2 verse 12, it says that, Death, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Number two, always set your minds on things above. Don't be so comfortable on this earth. And don't be so materialistic. My last verse, Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4. If then you who were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Let's kindly be on our feet. Always be mindful of heaven. Always. Be eternity conscious. What is life if you have everything on earth but we can't make it to heaven? I want our eyes closed. If you're here, you haven't given your life to Christ. Bible says you cannot enter heaven. You want to give your life to Christ. You know in your heart that you're living a double life. Your salvation is some way. You are not sure. 
you love God, but you, you know that you are not in God fully. Let's have your hands. I want to pray with you. You are in God, but you backslide. Your life went back. You want to give your life to God again. Let's have your hands. Let me pray with you. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Forgive me all my sins. Every sin I've done against you. Forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. I invite Jesus into my heart. I accept him as my Lord and personal Savior. Father, write my name in the book of life. I want to be your child. I want to make it to heaven. Help me to live a Christ-like life. Help me to make it to heaven. In Jesus' name. If you have prayed this prayer with me, it's just simple. Salvation is free. It's so simple. Jesus Christ has come into your heart. It all starts with faith. Believe that he has come into your heart. And make the effort to live the life that he has called you to live. A Christ-like life. I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit guide your people to walk the path you have called them to give. Help them, O God, to make it to heaven. Give them grace to let go of sin, any sin lingering in their heart. Give them the grace to overcome it. Give them the grace, O God, to part with every negative company. Anyone that takes their life backwards. Anyone that entices them to sin against you. Give them grace to part company with them. And to work with those who help them to make it to heaven. Help them, Father, in this work they have decided to work on. In Jesus' name. Amen.